0: I knew that uh, God wanted to speak through me tonight because as I was preparing, I uh, we had a lot of distractions, and it was one of those deals where it was uh, almost getting bombarded and, and I caught myself getting a little more nervous than what's probably healthy, and I thought about it, and I said, like, wait a minute, Scripture takes care of this for me, and it says, You know, you're not supposed to be anxious about anything. And then it says, don't worry about tomorrow. And then I thought, hey, there's no condemnation in Christ. So as long as I don't get all upset and worried and you guys are good Christians, then we should be good. And we're all forgiving. We all have grace. (laughs) But uh, real quick, just a little bit about me. Not going to get too deep. Joe Costley is my name. My wife Heather is right over there, and my mother's with her. She came to listen to me tonight. And we, uh, Heather and I have been married for just about six years, coming in May. And this little guy that's with us, uh, he's been in our home for a very short time. And Pastor Landon came to me Sunday and said, Hey, would you mind speaking Wednesday? And I'm like, Oh, sure, we got nothing going on at home. We had two boys, and they went to back to their family, I'm thinking, we got an empty house, great time to study some word, dig in, and uh, so I'm like, yeah, all about it, honored. Well, that was Sunday morning, Monday afternoon, we got a phone call that we had an opportunity to bring this little boy in our life, and this is the first baby that's been in our home, and I thought, oh, I can still do it, you know, (laughs) wow, (laughs) babies take a lot of attention. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when I might hear that and if I told Heather if he goes nuclear just head on out and I'll I'll understand. But, but that's okay cuz uh Pastor Landon I I messaged him today and I said uh, how long do I need to be planning on talking you know just heads up I haven't got to prepare as much as I normally would want to and he said something along the lines of we don't you know, put the Holy Spirit in a box, you know, there's no time limit, just, you know, 30, 45 minutes, whatever, and I'm thinking, okay, 10 minutes should be good. We should, straight to the point, and let's get it done, right? Yes. So, I want to start by just uh, uh, saying a prayer, and so if you'll just pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time. I ask that you just... Uh, Give me a sense of peace, and just, Holy Spirit, speak through me. Give me the words that you want me to say, and I thank you for everybody that's here. I thank you for every family that's represented, and I thank you for this place of worship. your name, amen. So one uh, good thing is, I just so happen to be getting to start a Sunday school class Wednesday, so I have been preparing a little bit for that, and I've been reading a lot in the book of Colossians. So we're going to be looking at Colossians tonight just because that's what's been on my mind lately. And it kind of worked out because two things that have really kept going over and over in my mind that I kept dwelling on. The Holy Spirit just kept putting it back in my in my presence to think about. And one of those things, I can't remember how long how long it's been, but we've been coming here for about nine months. And we became members somewhere in that time frame. But Pastor Landon talked about, one of the times he was talking about our citizenship should not be here on earth. It should be in heaven. And that is just, I've just thought about that over and over and over. And and finally, a light bulb hit me. It's like, I can relate to that. Now, I know that many in this congregation have been overseas for mission trips, right? Raise your hand if you've been overseas. Amazing. I love that. So I've been overseas, not for a mission trip. I spent a couple of years overseas for the military, and my first deployment, I was 19 years old, I turned 19 in Iraq, and uh, one of the things I remember is that self-pride. I was like, I'm an American, you know, and I'm, I'm over here, and, and nobody can take that away. My second deployment, I wasn't quite as immature, but I was still pretty immature, and I still had that, I'm puffed up, I'm an American, nobody can take that away, and that, even though that's good... What I related to is, do I have that for Christ? Do I walk around so proud that my heavenly home is in heaven waiting for me? That my spirit is so puffed up, anxious to tell everybody and just go out there and show the world and let them see who I am. I don't happen to have a uniform on, you know, with an American flag on my shoulder. I don't have a big, big flashing light that says I'm a Christian, So what's been dwelling on me is, does my lifestyle show that? Am I representing Christ in a way that people can see that in me, that this is not our home? And so I've been thinking about that. And since I've been reading a lot in Colossians, that's what we're going to go to. So we're going to go to Colossians chapter 3, and I'm going to read 5 through 10. So while you're turning there, I really like Colossians. We've probably all read it many times, but just getting to dive into it, has been amazing. And Paul wrote it. He was in prison, and he wrote it because uh, there was a lot of uh, people that, uh, so the early church, there's a lot of people trying to infiltrate their own beliefs in. And so Paul comes in and says, no, 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 here's the do's and don'ts. And I love that. I'm a white and black kind of person. I don't like gray area in life. I, I'm just more direct to the point and it just calms me because I don't like to try to find out the wishy-washy in things. So this is what Paul does. He said, no, 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 no. You don't be listening to none of that. Here is your do's and don'ts. So, 3, 5 through 10. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual morality, impurity, lust, And I've put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no... Oh wait, we're stopping there, sorry. (laughs) So I thought about that. Pretty cut and dry. So here I am wanting to be a shining light for God so that everybody knows this is not my home. I am a heavenly being, happen to still be on earth, because that is where my citizenship lies, and Paul tells me some of these things. Now, as a Christian, we sometimes think, and me, I think, well, I'm good there. I'm good with that one and that one and those over there. We're good. But then I get on to the part about anger and rage. Boy, I got to check on the Spirit on that one. Because there's sometimes that uh, maybe I let the flesh cry out. Maybe I let the flesh cry out a little bit too much. And in those times, i got to have a check in the Spirit saying, wait a minute, you're supposed to be an ambassador for Christ. You're supposed to be the one that's the example. And so it really kind of digs down deep. But I, what I love about Paul is he tells you what not to do. He comes right back and tells you what you need to be doing. So we're going to jump to 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, Gentleness and patience. Bear with each other, and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Once again, whenever we're talking about gray areas in life, you know, in Revelations, we we all know the verse. I'd rather you be hot or cold, because if you're lukewarm, about to spit you out of my mouth. So I think all through scripture, we get reminded of these things, different ways, different letters, but we get reminded of these. And so whenever I'm doing my studies and Colossians and everything, I, uh, when I study, I, I, I need to see things. So in the short time that I had, I got my fancy sticky notes out and I got my do's and my don'ts. Do's, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. If you guys ever saw my desk at work, I have just scripture duct taped everywhere and I got sticky notes everywhere and I got uh, little journal things I had because I need reminded often. One of the things I I do is, uh, you know, we have, have people under me, but sometimes I deal with Uh, some people that don't have patience, (laughs) and so how I respond to that is uh, kind of a big deal, especially when I'm trying to be a Christian, and I got all these scriptures all over my desk, and so it's a good reminder that sometimes um, maybe there's people looking that don't know you're looking, so, and I have my don'ts, we've read the don'ts, but I want to tell you a little story about one of my do's because it's it 's one thing to to do all the't or to take care of all the don 'ts in your life you can you can check mark them off all day long, but if you don 't add the do's, where are you? Are you really glorifying God? are you really reaching out there and i tell you that because as I was doing this, I was reminded of something and I got a pretty big check in the spirit for myself compassion once again, I was a A young man, 19 years old, and I thought I was pretty much the uh, gift to the world kind of thing whenever I was in Iraq, especially when I came home and I was an Iraqi veteran at 19 years old. I thought I was pretty tough. But I remember one time we were overseas and I had a lieutenant talk to me and he pulled me off the side and he said, Joe, you would be an amazing leader if you would just learn empathy. And compassion. And he really just wanted me to learn that. And me, being the guy I was, like, yeah, whatever, they can get over it. (laughs) So it didn't really go over well. So fast forward a few years in life, a little more mature, I hope, and God's working on me. And a mentor that I had, I told him that story. And he said, "Uh, you know, that's all well and good, but what have you done about it? And it's been about 10, 11 years and the uh, light bulb went off and went, nothing. I hadn't done a thing. I just thought it was a story from when I was a kid that my lieutenant tried to, you know, put some wisdom in me and I didn't listen. And so whenever I read that we can't just get rid of stuff, we got to add those other virtues and that compassion. You know, sometimes we are gifted with things and it's easy. Sometimes we have to work on things. And for me, compassion is one of them. One of the things that God's working on me in is the fact that my wife and I become foster parents. It's hard for me to have compassion. But God says you have to. And everywhere I look in the scripture, go figure, God points it out again and he points it out again. And I happen to be reading over here in Colossians and Paul says, hey, you need to have compassion. The other thing is humility. Humility. So, I am the kind of guy, once again, I'm working on my pride and everything, you know, and all that. I'm the kind of guy that likes to have nicer vehicles, don't always have the nicest. And I'm the guy that has that whatever image that I think I might need in the past. And so, God's been working on me. Well, since I left the military two years ago, one, I started growing the beard because I promised myself I would. And two, I really reached out and trusted God on where he was leading me. Never thought I'd do I was a lifer in the military. I was planning on retiring. I was set up to retire. 100%. God changed my heart. And whenever you go from having that identity, because if any of you have been a soldier before, you have that identity, and people know you by that. People see that. Whether you're a good person or not, they see you as a soldier. And I really had to find my identity Once I trusted God and I took that leap of faith. So in that, I had a lot of times where I was humbled. A lot of times. And, uh, you know, when you give 13 years to something and you dedicate it and then God changes your heart and then people would say, well, you're a quitter, you know. And it would be so hard just to swallow that pride and just walk away. and, and, And it was all because... God been working on me. I know He's not done. He's not done in any of us, but He was working on me. And and so, just a funny story. I was that guy. I like to have lifted vehicles. I like to have you know bigger tires or whatever. In fact, my wife drives a vehicle. I couldn't stand it. It's lifted now. You know, I just I was that person. Well, I got a job. God blessed me with an amazing job at Andrews Pharmacy, and and it was a, an amazing position. And that's a testimony in itself. But it was 40 miles from my house, and we drove four-wheel drives and lifted vehicles and everything, and they were, you know, gas and and all that. So we said, well, we should get a gas getter. And I was going to get a little pickup or a little car or something, and then I said, no, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to swallow my pride, and I'm going to go all out. So I bought a Prius. (laughs) Now, I am here to tell you, if you're a grown man... With this beard at the gas pump, you hide your face for a while when you're pumping gas in a Prius. (laughs) It took a while. We've had it a little over a year. Now I just drive it everywhere because I love it. But it took a while. And in that silly thing, God worked on me so big. And because I wasn't lying, I did hide my face. I loved it when it was cold because I could put my hood up. (laughs) Or I'd get gas gas out of town or something, you know. (laughs) But... God worked on me because he said, Really? You're gonna let something silly as a car define you? And that was one of the turning points. I was like, okay, I got it. You know, I'll drive my little 46 miles a gallon, and when I feel like I need to be manly, I get in the excursion, it gets like eight. (laughs) It balances. But that's that is just how God's been working on me. And one of the things that I want to share with you guys not only is the do's and don'ts that Paul does and how we need to have our identity in heaven or our citizenship in heaven, the other thing is, this is something that Pastor Kent talked about, um, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, and it was our true joy. And that hit me. That sermon hit home because we'd been... uh, my wife and I, not to get too deep, but we've dealt with infertility and and going through the foster program, and they dig deep, and I'm not really a person that lets people dig deep, and I did, and and we had a couple boys in our home, and um, you know they're great boys, but I really had to check myself. Because I started to get that mindset of if we if we could just get kids in our life, we'll just have that joy. If we could just get past this point of in you know in our marriage and, and that next season of life, we'll have that joy. And so when Pastor Kent spoke on that, it's like whew, hit home. And so that's what I want to share in my heart with you guys. Because I would say I'm no one special. But I think in life, we all deal with things, and it's easy to get wrapped up in that mindset. It's easy to think, oh man, that next job, that next pay raise, that next vehicle, the next kid, or marriage, or whatever it is. It's easy to let that sink in, and we just got to watch it. we really got to allow ourselves to... Be or make ourselves be in the Word to allow God to work in us, and until we do that, I fear because in myself uh, we try to do it ourselves, and that is just what uh, I really want to uh, share with you guys. One of the one of the things that I kind of related to these two things with Paul's do's and don'ts in this world it seems like we have to sugarcoat a lot of things because people are sensitive and they get their feelings hurt at work. We call it, whenever you hurt someone's feelings, we call it wilting someone's emotional flower. And we probably ought to take sensitivity classes, but so we have to do that in today's world, right? We have to to watch what we say because it might offend people. I'm not good at that. I'm a black and white person. I'm really more... This is how it is. And so God's showing, okay, yeah, that's right, but you got to do it in love. Got to do it in love. And that's why uh, what Paul said there at the end, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And I was thinking about that today in this sugar-coated world that we have to live in, that uh, we get to be an example of Christ in, And then I was reading on in chapter 4, verse 6. Let your conversations be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So, (laughs) as I was thinking about this sugar-coated world and me wilting people's emotional flowers, I thought, okay, God, where are you leading me here? And sure enough, that verse popped up and and I said, I got gotcha. you. We got to season it with salt. Jesus said, be the salt of the earth. And I, and I was thinking about that. I'm like, well, that's, that's all well and good. But how does Joe Costley, how does Joe Costley put it into practice? Because I often read scripture. And the next thing I know, I'm back to doing whatever it is that I needed to be fixing. And so I was like, okay, God, I'm slowing down. Show me how to put it in practice. And the little uh, footnote down here says, When we tell others about Christ, it is important always to be gracious in what we say, no matter how much sense the message makes. We lose our effectiveness if we are not courteous. Just... Just as we like to be respected, we must respect others. If we want them to listen to what we have to say, seasoned with salt means that what we say should be tasty and should encourage further dialogue. So to me, that hit something big. I'm a big respect person. Uh, in, our, in our marriage counseling, we learned that women need to be loved and men need to know that they're respected. We, we know that, right? And that has been amazing for us because when I feel disrespected, earlier I talked about my flesh crying out, that's one of the times that I feel like God really uses me and has been working through me because respect is a, a big thing in my life, possibly because of my pride issues that God's working on me, but... In a big way, God has shown me that if I want to truly have that glowing light saying, I'm a Christian, this is amazing life, God's blessing me, and my heaven is my future home, my citizenship is already there, where can I have any kind of pride or respect issues? And so it's just been wrecking me lately on Okay, God, what are you doing, and where, 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 and why am I needing this? And you know, sometimes the uh, the end of the lesson is easier than going through the lesson. The actually learning is, is sometimes it's easier just to say, "Okay, got it," and check it off. And that you know, what's the joke? You don't pray for patience because then you're going to have times to practice patience, right? God's working on me right now, and sometimes I think, okay, I need to slow down and listen. And so to find that inner joy that I was talking about earlier, one of the things is whenever we are in that time of temptation, whenever we have uh, someone, like, like I have an issue and somebody disrespects me, or sometimes I feel like I have, uh, maybe I need to Prove myself, or maybe I need to, you know, just outdo someone, or and I, that pride comes creeping back. I think about how the early Christians went through such persecution that we in our sensitive world would never be able to handle. I watched a movie, and it's just, it's this, you know, the story of Paul. I'm not saying it's, anything needs to go see it, but it put in perspective something for me. What it put in perspective is that view of the early Christians. And there's a scene in there where there's Christians burned alive in the streets, and there's uh, people getting crucified on the road. People just walking past, and and... There's a, a scene where the little boy uh, steps up, and he has, he's courageous, and he says, I'll go do this journey because and, and, it was getting real dangerous. And, and so they send him out. They say, okay, God be with you, and they send him out. And the Romans catch him, and they kill him. And you see this little boy come in, and, and obviously emotions are going crazy. And this little boy's cousin gets angry. He's, in the movie, he's probably a teenager, early, early young man. And he gets angry and he, he wants to fight back and he wants to uh, take up arms and he starts getting the early Christians riled up. And he says, Come on, let's go do this. I tell you what, we're going to go bust Paul out of prison because what, what can they say if their number one prisoner is gone, you know? And we're going to get back. Word got to Paul. Paul said, no it's not the Christ way. Through Luke. Paul. This is the movie. So. That doesn't happen right then. But a little bit later. The next scene. All of a sudden. The young Christians. They did take up arms. They got swords. And they went and attacked the prison. And they slaughtered them. And, and, and they ran through. And they go to the cell. Where Paul and Luke are. And they say come on. Come on. And Paul says no. No, this is not the way of Christ. The only, only, only way is love. And it hit me. I've read the stories. I've watched the movies and I've grown up in church and all this stuff. But it hit me. I would be that young man who picked up those swords, riled everybody together and said, let's go. And it just wrecked me, because i like, that's me. Now, this was like last week. <laughs> and in my mind, seeing those, you know, you hear about crucifixion, you hear about people getting burned on the streets and stoned and all this stuff, but for some reason, and maybe it was my mindset, seeing it and then seeing this guy and then Paul going, no, love is the only way. Remember what Jesus taught us. You must love. Love is the only way to get to Him. And whenever that dawned on me, that revelation in my life that I was that guy still, it really made me want to allow Christ in even deeper and just say, okay, God, even even now when I thought, I've, I'm, you know, you've worked on me and you've changed me and molded me and I'm a new creation and the old is gone and one scene in a movie, and God used that to show me, I'm not done yet. You still need molded. And that's why we're on this earth. And, and back to the, the inner joy, in that scene, Paul had joy. It is a movie. He's an actor. He's a good actor. But he had Joy. In him, even though all this was going on, even though all these bad things are happening. And in today's world where we're, you know, we can't even, you know, say what we think because people get offended and we can't even uh, actually like proclaim what scripture says. Like if I was to read that to certain people, they'd be offended and they'd probably not want to hear anything else from me. And we as Christians can't even do that or me. I get offended if somebody argues with me or somebody who objects to what I'm saying. They, they kind of get disrespectful, and then I get disrespected, and my pride kicks in. You know, it's just a no-win, so I have to walk away a lot of the time. But even there, my first reaction isn't love. And that's the simplest of things. Compared to what the early Christians dealt with, we don't have issues. <laughs> We probably need to get over ourselves. <laughs> that's what God told me, not you. Don't don't be offended. <laughs> I don't want to wilt anybody's emotional flower. <laughs> so that that's really what God put on my heart. And I told Pastor Landon before we started, I said, well, I don't really know how it's going to end because I'm not really sure exactly how far down my notes I'm going to go or if I'm going to run out of notes in five minutes and then kind of wing it, you know. <laughs> But what I wanted, my prayer, is that God would speak through me. And I don't know if that is going on right now, and it doesn't matter, because I just want to be a servant, which is kind of hard, because I'd rather just be in control and do it my way. And what I would like to do is, I think that if the praise team, if you have a song, do you guys have a song? If you guys want to start. Because to me, God has us here for a reason. I don't believe there's anything, any mistake at all. And for us right now, on a Wednesday night, here at church, there's a reason we're here. And I, my prayer is that nothing Joe Costley said mattered, only Christ threw me. One of the things I told you I struggle with is Pride. My prayer had to be, don't get up there and talk just for self-glory. Because I didn't want that. And, and that's a little hard for me to spit those words out of my mouth. Just being very open. But right now, I actually forgot to look at the time, so I don't even know how long I lasted. But uh, before I started. But right now... I think if, if there's anybody while, while the praise team goes as and starts, if there's anybody that needs any kind of prayer, um, let's just take care of it. Let's not wait. Let's not uh, let our pride get in the way. Let's not um, even delay because right now we're here for a reason. And there's no time like the present. So... Praise team is going to sing, and, and let's join in. And, and I'm going to ask that you stand. Stand. Something about praise and worship, to me, i got to stand. And, and, and I'm going to pray, and then uh, I'm going to give it over to the praise team. So, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your promise of being here with us right now. I thank you that uh, each person is here tonight for a reason. And whatever that is, it doesn't matter. But Lord Jesus, I ask that you just touch us right now. Just be and lift up our souls and just fill us with your presence. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you that you're here now. I ask that there's anything in this room that we need to just let go and get over and just focus on our eternal of citizenship with you, that we just let it go and and just give it to you. And I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray.